1: forgot about that. Welcome in to 11 Personnel. We are live on a Monday night talking ball. Talking ball. Nick Roush, Adam Luckett, uh, brought to you here by our friends at Racing Louisville. Big shout out to the girls in Lavender. Not Purple, but Lavender. Uh, They're the best. We're going to talk about them a little bit more later on. But Luckett, first things first. This is one of our favorite episodes of the year. Oh, yeah. We're only 12 days away from the football season, and we're starting to get that gambling itch. And tonight, it's all about win totals, baby. (laughs) Nick, how much have you looked at Saturday's card? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I have, like, I push it off. I use the, I'm a Game of Thrones nerd. Uh, So I watched, that was my, like, fix last week was watch last night was watching House of the Dragon. But getting back into the win totals, I'm 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 ready for this week's card. I already know one play
0: is there definitely like we, we gotta fade Scott Frost, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's just for uh, it's just like a system play, It's just automatic <laughs> auto, auto auto bet. I'm not gonna lie to you. I sat down today and I wrote down between week zero and week one. I wrote down 22 bets. So that, that is where I'm at right now. So I'm in full form, ready to roll. So we. Now, the best thing I think uh, we do, our, our picks week by week, is very uh, yeah. live and die by, by, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. But this right here, good little track record here, um, Nick. And I think we're going to talk about Kentucky scrimmage first, and we'll get into that, yeah. and then we we'll get the picks. But last year, I believe you went 4-1 on your five. Yeah. And then I, I sent out 10 um, total. I went 8-2 and two on those. Two years ago, I did this, went nine and one. So I'm, I'm walking in here on a 17 and three heater. So this is either going to go, it's going to go one of two ways. Either the heater is going to continue or it, I'm due for a two mm-hmm. and eight. So, so let's see how that, how the dice roll here. But the best episode I think we do all year is the season one totals. And we get to show our degenerate colors, which is really yeah. where, where we thrive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we've got, we've got some doozies of picks ready to rock and roll. Um, but like you said, we're not going to just be talking about our, our gambling picks. We're also going to break down the scrimmage. And we're going to take your questions, comments. That's the beautiful thing about doing these live shows. We're going to have live shows every Monday night at 7 p.m. Write it down. Whether it's this show, there's going to be a lot of the KSR football podcasts. Next week, we're predicting Kentucky season win total with all the KSR staffers. So just go ahead and get this uh, in in your mind, right, to be able to check out the KSR YouTube channel. Uh, each Monday night, seven o'clock, be right after uh, Mark Stoops's call in show. So, shout out to all the folks listening from Lexington to Somerset to Nashville. Really, really fired up from this. Um, oh, Boonville, Kentucky. So, any questions you got, hit us. We'll try to touch on them from time to time throughout. But, it, let's first start at Saturday's scrimmage. Uh, the second of two, really the most important one, because I'm not going to lie, the first one didn't didn't feel like we got a lot out of it just because they were holding so many guys out offensively. And right, right. Of all of the things that I learned like it, I think the, the offensive line uh figuring out who was in that first five, that that's what popped to me the most, because going in this week, we're said, if said, if I want to know anything, it's I, I just want all my guys to be playing at the same time.
0: Yeah. It felt like the first scrimmage was a lot of trial by fire throwing stuff at the wall. You had three off starting offensive linemen that did not play. I um, mean in the one position and then one position you had an unsettled there left tackle. So you really only had Eli Cox out there fighting against Kentucky's front seven. Um, so I think in this in this scrimmage you, like you we're not there to watch it, right? So we can't we can't right. tell but like you got the old classic defense wins one scrimmage and it sounded like the offense might have won the second scrimmage. Um and so I think that, I mean, the big takeaway to me was Will Levis was out there, and by all accounts, um, all the intel we've uncovered is that he played well in the scrimmage, and that's really what you want to mm-hmm. see. There's still some Ramon Jefferson buzz building. Um, Throwing the title-
1: dogs to the- Dan I mean, right. that, that, we're just watching on a loop right now, mm-hmm. if you all are just listening to it. But, like, that, it was an impressive touchdown catch. Key had a big one. I think Barry on Brown had another one. Tight ends caught a lot of balls. The right. pass offense, it sounds like it got
0: got a little bit into a rhythm. Yeah, my biggest takeaway is just the tight end position. All signs are pointing to it being a big part of the offense. So all you tight end stands out there, I think are going to be very happy with how the season shakes out. Um, Jordan Dingle's kind of the guy here in the last week that's really kind of popped on the offensive side of the ball. Redshirt freshman out of Bowling Green. What's a significant recruiting one, Nick? If you go back. There was a time where Kentucky didn't think they were gonna they were gonna get him for a long yeah. time, and then they kind of closed on him in November, a month before signing day. Um, Purdue was in big on him for a while. He had a written uh, a legitimate written offer from Ohio State. Um, Vanderbilt was a player in his recruitment for a little bit, but that was a big win, and he he's making a splash here. And, but but the thing that Jordan Dingle kind of has it's 6'4", 235, thirty five two forty. But I think he has the athleticism to be kind of a playmaker and field stretcher as a passing threat. So I think he brings some stuff in the run game. Um, but he also – he's a two-way tight end. He can do some stuff. He can play in line. He can play off ball. Um, so I think that he really got some people excited there uh, at the Joe Craft mm-hmm. Football Training Facility. And So he's going to be a guy I think week one for me I, I'm really going to have an eye on. And just that tight end rotation in general, how do they – get the snaps, and what does the snap count look like for those guys? Well, and Dingle in particular, he – uh
1: that tight end group has a lot of guys that specialize at one good thing. Right. You know, Brennan Bates is the – getting his nose in there and blocking the hell out of people. Uh Isaiah Cummings is your pass catcher. Keaton Upshaw is another big target pass catcher. Dingle feels like he can do kind of all of those things, which right. makes him more of a candidate to be that every down, reliable, go-to – tight end so his emergence I think is significant and it also speaks to kind of the pop that you're seeing from Kentucky's latest recruiting efforts because uh you know I I was at the Louisville kickoff luncheon today and Mark Soups is hinting around at it but he was pretty clear like this is the best recruiting class we've we've had this latest one that that just came in you know so yeah the, the the stars are starting to show up uh on that depth chart
0: yeah I think that's a very good sign uh, we can get in that class of 2020, but like that's, it's a big year for a lot of guys in yeah. that class. Um, you're looking at like a Justin Rogers, Josiah Hayes, Trayvon Ripka, a Jatton McClain, Andrew Phillips getting a chance potentially be a starter. Um, Carrington Valentine I think, it's a big year for him. Isaiah Cummings, I think, it's a big year for him. It's year three; they need to play to that ranking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Kentucky success this year is going to be due to what they pull out of that 2020 class. But I think a real good sign is these last two classes. Like 2022, these true freshmen are looking like just a different kind of different breed of cat. Yeah. Um, these guys are a lot of these guys seem like they're ready to play right away. They they I think they've hit on some lower rated guys when you look at what Josh Caddis has done already. Um, and then 2021 I think is important to recognize Dingle's one. Jagger mm-hmm. Burton's pushing for playing time. David yep. Walla uh, might be your starting left tackle as a redshirt freshman. Maxwell Hairston got some props from Stoops on Saturday. That was a um,
1: surprise. Yeah.
0: So you you got some guys there where that's not a, as highly as rated a class, but you got some guys really pushing, uh, making stuff happen. So I think that's a positive development as well. Well, let's let's go back to
1: the big blue wall because that was kind of my one big takeaway. Um, we we heard that Jeremy Flax. Uh, from Rich Gangarello, he had kind of locked down that right side. But what's locked on the left side of the line? Well, Kenneth Orsi, he's, he's kind of banged up right now, it sounds like. Um, that might be something that leaguers into week one. Um, I, we're not sure yet. But either way, that does, doesn't matter as much because Jagger Burton is such a badass. He was pushing for playing time regardless. But at that left tackle spot, it was three guys playing for one spot. And in an ideal world like it, I think you have – Either Wallabaugh or Buford went out the starting job. Keontae Goodwin gets some reps at left tackle through that first month of the season when you're playing your Maxions and whatnot. And then he can kind of emerge as a starter halfway through the season. Uh, he, He played at Charlestown High School last year. No offense to Southern Indiana, but those Hoosiers don't know what the hell they're doing on the football field. Sorry to our listener in Georgetown, Indiana. But he needs the reps. I mean, he told us he's just never... Hit right like he, he, he hasn't been able to it's hit a people. different level
0: of ball he's playing right
1: yeah, now. Exactly. He's finally getting to block people's sides, so he needs to get those reps. And I think a lot of us expected it to be Buford. And that that Walla I think the ball coaching was,
0: staff expected that too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Walla ball was going to be the swing tackle that could fill in for Flax at right or whoever at left. Um, but instead, Walla ball was getting first reps with the ones. Uh Buford backing Flax at right tackle. And um, I don't think that's great, Look um because I don't – you know, while, ball, while he is versatile and I, I like him as a long-term prospect, don't think of all the positions I ever saw him being starting left tackle as a redshirt freshman.
0: Here's where I'm at here. Like, my focus is not on left tackle. I know Kentucky's good guard-center guard. I know they got three guys I feel really good about. If Jeremy Flax is good, they can figure out left tackle. Like they can, they can scheme around that. That they can do things to give that guy help. Um, so my my focus is not necessarily going to. It's going to be more on how f- Flax is, uh, because if Jeremy Flax is good, you got four good pieces on the front. Like you can figure out a fifth spot. There's stuff you can do to scheme around that. Um, but if Flax is iffy and you got a big uh, left tackle situation, that's where you could get in trouble. Yeah. So that is my real worry there. Um, Kentucky is not gonna. It's they. It's, they, it's not Joe Burrow. They're not getting a five man protection and getting an empty and trying to carve defense. Yeah, up. That's yeah. not what this offense is going to be. They are going to. They are going to try to establish the run. Um, they're going to have calculated shot plays where they get in six, seven man protections and take a shot deep. It's not going to be uh, uh, spread them out and dink a dunk and play like that and try to hit goal balls all the time. It's just not going to be that. Um, so I think Jeremy Flats has some real value in the run game. I think him and Tayshawn Manning are, like, it's going to be fun to watch them work some double teams together. But pass bro, I think, is a big question for him. So how, how does he stand up? Like, to me, he's probably – like, to me right now, he's the – behind Will Levis, he's the most important piece in the offense. Um, they need him to be solid. If he's solid, everything's going to be fine on the offensive line. If he's not, then that's where they can get in trouble.
1: Well, I, I appreciate you because I'm sure there's some folks out there watching and listening who are worried about play at left tackle. We've all seen the Sandy Bullock movie. Got to protect the blind side. Got to protect yeah. the blind side. Blind side, blind
0: side. Every offensive line has a weakness. Like, even the best ones, they all have one. You just got, you know, where you get in trouble is when you have two or three weaknesses. You can deal with – you can – if you got one donkey, you can deal with it. If you got two, three, you're gonna be in trouble. So I mean, it's just like that's that's where they're at right now. They should feel really good, guard center guard. Like Horsey and Tayshawn Manning are as good as a pass protection guard duo, I think there is in college football. They are gonna be very strong up front, up the middle. It's going to be at the tackle where the questions aren't if Flax is solid where they can depend on him. It just – they're going to be fine. But if he's not, then they could get in trouble. So, watching him the first few weeks is really, I think, one of the keys early to Kentucky to see how they're going to operate.
1: Yeah, and I think with this left tackle spot, too, as one of the commenters put it, like, they are young, but they've recruited very
0: well. Um, This is only a one-year thing. Like, long-term, they're still in great shape. Um, Tackle recruiting is not going great in 2023 class. But they got Keontae Goodwin and Nick Hall in this pass class. Like, that is yeah. a pretty good Hall at tackle. Right. Um, David Wollaball is already it. making a push for playing time as a redshirt freshman. You're still going to have him for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. You got Jagger Burton on the inside. John Young, I think, is a guy that they think could potentially be a quality starter for them next year. Um, Eli Cox should be back next year. And then Kobe Keenum's coming in. Um, and we're all, all really high on him. Like, I think he's a guy who could potentially play as a redshirt freshman. Um, can I have that type of build? So they're still in great shape, I think, along the offensive line. It's just they gotta figure out this tackle situation. And but yeah. if they figure it out like one of Buford or Wallaball, like you're gonna have them for a while. You know, yeah. Buford's third year in the program, it's Wallaball's second. So it's not you know, it's not just you're not it's not a band aid that's getting ripped off after this season. It's just they gotta fi- figure out maybe there's some growing pains in the first five, six weeks, but long term they could be fine after that. It's just getting through these than figuring out where
1: you're at right now. Yeah, and and as one commenter put it, you know, you kind of need to invest in Keontae Goodwin some earlier, but I, you don't want him to get swimming. You don't want it to be a Carrington Valentine situation where the confidence is shot by the time you get to the real good guys, um, right? You know, and and Walla you know, he he's a good athlete. He comes from offensive line uh, family. His father was Tim Couch's center for a while with the Browns. He played in the Super Bowl with the Patriots. His brother, his brother was uh,
0: a multi-year starter at Duke.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, he he's got the chops. He played. He, I, I like. We have the old. Uh, he, he used to play hockey in high school too. Like that was yeah. his first sport. So he's got. You know, he's got pretty decent feet. You know, he's a good athlete. I mean, he, he looks like a left job.
0: tackle. Long hair. Um, six foot five, six foot six. A big body can move. Like I think there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of stuff to like with him. He's just a little young, but yeah, yeah. But we'll
1: see. So. But I, I think to go back to your other point, I really I, most of the concerns are in the pass protection area, whereas running the ball, uh, you mentioned Ramon Jefferson off the top. I don't think it was purely coincidence that we've been hearing more Ramon Jefferson buzz ever since our boss, Matt Jones, uh, shared that Chris Rodriguez is likely out three to four games, uh, we're still waiting here. final word. We'll get that from Mark Stoops. Yeah, probably Monday. Today yeah. During his Monday press conference. But there's been a lot of back and forth on like, is it going to be one or two games? Is going to be three or four? Like, we'll wait and see. Sounds like it's going to be three or four. But I don't get all Just like, here's a bunch of spin. Like, we're out with Rodriguez, but we've got Ramon Jefferson. Ramon Jefferson, part of what makes him good is similar to what makes Chris Rodriguez good, and that's, the ability to break tackles to make guys miss, and that that yeah. you can't see that until you get into a live scrimmage situation like they had on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I'll be interested to see what it looks like because when I don't necessarily watch this tape, I didn't see pile mover, um, I didn't see like guy falling forward all the time, like the stuff you associate with Chris Rodriguez. With um, what I think he is, though, Nick is like a, he's a zone runner. Um, He knows how to run this concept, his under center, outside zone stuff. He ran at Maine. They ran outside zone stuff at Sam Houston State. He's a scheme fit for them. Um, And he's a one cut north and south runner with good Mm -hmm. vision. And he runs with good pad level. So I think he is the guy now, right now. Now, I don't think he's going to be a 20 carry guy. I think it's going to be more of a rotation. Mm -hmm. The question is. You know what, Chris Rodriguez is great at is avoiding negative plays and efficiencies, keeping you ahead of the chains. Um, I think Ramon Jefferson is probably going to give you a little more pop, and that outside zone scheme is going to give you more pop. You can get more explosives off that run, but it's going to, you're probably going to be behind the chains a little bit more. You're going to have more second 11s, more third nines. Um, and so, really, I, I think it puts more pressure on it just puts more pressure on Will Levis. puts more on his plate. Um, I think for him, for, like this is all about you know you want to win all your games, uh, but it's really about week two. And can they beat Florida? Like I think like Levis has got to go down there and play really well. Like he can't can't just be a whole home game from him for them. I thought it could been if they had Chris Harvest. Um But there's much we don't know really much about how this run game's gonna look with Rich Gangarello and this offensive line. Um, last, last year was a little bit more known because we knew, well, still got Luke Fortner, still got Darian Kennard. Like when when they want to, they're going to just run over dudes, you know, with Rodriguez. Like when they doubt, we, they can just run over dudes. I, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case this year. And so we're just going to have to see how it shakes out. I think the run game could be really good because um, they're going to have a chance to be multiple. And I think when they get in late October in November, they can say, hey, seven. You're running the ball this week. Let's get downhill. Um, but I don't think that's something they, they want to do early. So how that just shakes out it will be interesting. And then if it, it doesn't go great, then you need your quarterback to save you there. And so it's, I think it just puts – I don't want to call it pressure, but you just need Levis to be good. Right? You need him to play the expectations early. Right. You,
1: he needs to be great. Like, ah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Like it. Yeah, big surprise here. Um. But, you know, we've also warned Rodriguez might not be the only one absent. I alluded to Horsey earlier. I would assume there's a suspension of some sort for Rasan Lewis. He's not necessarily in the rotation, though, so that's not as big of a miss. But uh, Jordan Wright is also apparently going to be suspended for a game. Um, And, you know, we, we heard people talking about how good the defense looked with him and Weaver back in it. You can get by with that for one game. You would only really get by with it for that one game, though, like it, because that that throwing a, a true freshman into that situation down at Florida, that that would be a recipe for uh, for disaster.
0: Yeah, and I, I've talked about this. Yeah, if Wright had to miss time or Weaver had to miss time, they would just play nickel. Like I don't think they would play a lot of. I don't think yeah. they would put a lot on Keaton Wade. Even though you do some digging, there's a lot of good things there um, with him early in camp. Um, so he's a guy that can maybe be a surprise like situational pass rusher as the season develops. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think the defense would kind of look different with right. Um, they can kind of have their cake and eat it too. Um, like mm-hmm. they can be real big against the run, but then there, he has real pass coverage value. I think as a zone defender, when he's in his drops and we've seen the playmaking he's had throughout his career. Um, so and I think that they like that kind of versatility they can have with him. And obviously they don't have that if, He's
1: unavailable. Yeah, so a few depth chart things um, to clean up that we'll get a little bit more clarity on uh, next week. Schools class started today, so they're in a little bit of transitional period. It's not technically camp anymore. They'll start installing some of the Miami of Ohio stuff Game later on time. this week. Yeah, yeah. So, lucky will be at practice Tuesday night. Uh, we'll both be there Wednesday, watching a little bit of it. Um, and then they kind of finish out the week, get the weekend reset and then start game week next week. And um, the good news is, like it is, we, we do get some college football this weekend. We also are going to fill the fam, right? Lynn <laughs> Family Stadium. You all did a great job. First ever sellout at Lynn Family Stadium two Saturdays ago. And I think it's because uh, the fine folks over there helped sponsor this podcast. So appreciate you all for going out there. Let's run it back. Racing Louisville, they're taking on the Chicago Red Stars, August 27th at 7.30. That's, and here's a little perk they got going on, like it $2 beers until 7 p.m. Post-match fireworks.
0: Yes, that is a Louisville sporting event. They t-shirt crowd. and a
1: fan clapper getaway, but I repeat, $2 beers until 7 p.m. All right? So, Go out, check out Racing Louisville, the best female, the best women's soccer in the world. They just beat up on a bunch of international teams, and they ran into Megan Rapinoe's team and the U.S. Women's Cup. They're awesome. They haven't been at the Linfield Stadium. you see them August 27th, part-time, get, hit a nice little reset, watch some football before the football action gets started this weekend with Racing Lou and the NWSL. Also check out the website too because I'm pretty sure we got discounted tickets on.
0: Does their season ever end,
1: dude? Soccer in general, it's it's so long. Uh, like the Premier League, they get like maybe a week off. Professional wrestling. I mean, it's if you going all year you, round, if you get on Twitter on Saturday morning, you'll see like college basketball journalists tweeting about. Oh yeah,
0: yes, yes.
1: I don't know how they found the time because it is. It's year-round. I know Louisville City and Racing Lou, they're like November to March uh, is their season. They, they they play a lot. They play a lot. They run a lot. I I can't imagine running that much like it. Did you ever play soccer? No. So you <laughs> look
0: like I played soccer? <laughs>
1: I don't know. I, yeah, I was actually a soccer. I did. Um, Put me in the goal? We, we played at, uh, down at, um. oh, what do we always joke? About? We call it Sun Valhalla, Sun Valley Golf Course. I used to play at Sun Valley when we were knee high, and uh, they actually put the scores in the newspaper and like the uh, when they used to have the neighborhood section every Sunday. And I once scored nine goals in a game against the Rockets. So uh, take that, Rockets. Yeah, take that. Look at you, Mr. Roush.
0: <laughs> From well, nine goals to uh, taking charges in old man basketball.
1: Oh, man. I do How it all. I do it all. Um, almost had a game winner this week, by the way uh oh it was almost it was a little from short. distance
0: or like a put-back. it was
1: a tip it was a long rebound i tried to throw it up from like 12 feet and it went wow. short but we won in overtime so. in between games not there Gotta <laughs> get, get that mid range down um but what's most important those wins don't really matter those wins and losses don't really matter what really matters are the wins and losses on the football this field this fall and folks we got them for you we got the winners we got the losers uh we for those who haven't played uh, college football win totals, it was a, 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 it was a recent addition into my gambling portfolio about two or three years ago. Uh, but it's it's regular season wins, and you can play the push, which is something to factor into a lot of these numbers. Now, yeah. I will say when you go, we're going to be using numbers from DraftKings because Leica and I are both in Louisville. Uh, you can't gamble in the state of Kentucky, but you can cross the river. They're good, good friends
0: of- in southern Indiana. Oh Coming yeah, through.
1: yeah. Uh, as much as I bust their chops over the football play, I love the gambling they play. And so we're going to use DraftKings numbers. I didn't see a lot of whole numbers out there. There's a lot of halves. Which yeah, and hurt. um,
0: another thing, if you're not familiar with this, like typically you've got the minus one ten as kind of if you bet Nebraska Nebraska minus twelve or whatever, you got to pay the minus one ten on that bet. You pay
1: the juice to for the, the juice. Well, the juice
0: it. gets all gassed up on these. Yeah. Um there's yeah. some that you can get plus odds on and there's some that get way out of um because that's what they instead of moving the number they just move the the juice a little bit. So yeah. um so you got to you have to watch that. You, you might have mm-hmm. to risk a little more to bring home the money, but um we can go ahead and get started here Nick. Looks like you're first up on the board.
1: Oh, I I am um I am going to be a little bit Big Ten heavy. Fair warning, a little okay. bit Big Ten heavy. Um <laughs> Because I'm a big believer in uh, – well, we'll just get into it. I like to fade teams, but this time I'm actually going in the opposite direction. Uh, Maryland's got Tualia, Tug of Iola. He's now in year three in this system. And mm-hmm. you've seen him kind of slowly get acclimated with Michael Oxley. He was with them in Alabama before he transferred over. They're starting to get into a good rhythm there. They've really well hit the transfer portal pretty hard for wide receivers. And the thing you got to do when you're making these picks too, so you got to take the schedule. And yes, their schedule yes. is very beneficial because not only do you have an easy out of conference schedule, uh, uh, your most challenging non-conference is hosting SMU. You can start the season three and zero, so you're, you're halfway home. One of your big crossover game, or that's not a but one of your your big teams, one that I think you can beat, Michigan State at home got Purdue at home that's a crossover that could turn into a shootout that's very winnable Northwestern in Indiana you can take care of business I just see a lot of like like you, you like to count up your your toss-ups it and and mm-hmm. which ones are your your coin flips but I, I there's a lot of 50 50 games out there and I think I only need to get two and even if I don't I'm getting a push at six they're going to go to a bowl this year so give me the plus 100
0: Maryland over six wins yeah, the thing with Maryland is they are very much a, a league pass team because that offense is going to be awesome. Um, Talia is a solid quarterback, good scheme, and they've got legit pros at wide receiver. Jacob Copeland, who's a guy Kentucky was in on, uh, was a big one. Um, and then they've got some other guys. J- Raheem Jarrett was a former five-star who they flipped from LSU. So, yeah, like the thing with them is just that they're in the wrong division of the Big Ten. Um, they're in the East, yeah. so that's yeah. – that's a little tough. You have to worry about them getting worn down. Drawing Wisconsin is not great no. uh, out of the other division. Really, it's that SMU game. Um, if you win that one, you can talk yourself into it because you got Rutgers, you got Indiana, you get Purdue at home, you get Michigan State at home, I think it's a winnable game. Um, but you really need that 3-0 start um, to have a, to go get that. But if you get that 3-0 start, um, as long as Talia stays healthy, you should have a pretty good shot at getting at that over six. And their team went, I believe, six and six last year, plus the bowl win. Um, so for you, you got that push insurance, right? So if you can just yeah, get yeah. three and six record in the league, if they're three and zero in the non con, you're there. Um, so that yeah. should be pretty easy for them, you would think, with the talent they have on offense um, to get to that six. And you got the plus odds there, too. So um, yeah, love the, love a the house money there. Yep. Look at your first pick. <laughs> Who you got? We are starting here with, let's see, pull my spreadsheet up. I love it. Spread like it's a big spreadsheet, guy. Yeah. We're gonna, really gonna go. It. We're gonna start off with an under here. Um Colorado. This is gonna be weird. Colorado under three. Okay. <laughs> Colorado was an underplay for me last year at four and a half. I'm doubling down, Nick. Like Nick, this team can like we're gonna Trey's gonna pull up their schedule here in a second, but they might not win a game this year. Like, you look at their non-conference schedule. They get TCU at home week one. They're an 11-point dog. They go to Minnesota in week three. Um, And then week two, they draw someone they could lose to as well. Um, And then in the Pac-12, like, we'll see. Mike Sanford's the new offensive coordinator. Oh, We know how this is a fake Mike Sanford Jr. podcast for sure. And we're going to get on the uh, team Sanford was at earlier, and it's because we're going the opposite way there um, after he leaves. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, at Air Force, like there'll be a dog at Air Force. Yeah. Uh, UCLA, they're UCLA, they're not beating UCLA. They are 0-4 in like that Arizona game's a must-win. If you don't win win the Arizona game, you're 0-5 going in the bye, and then what are you really playing for after that? You know? Right, right. And so like that's I just feel really good, really good about this. And then they end with a tough stretch at USC at Washington, Utah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that's tough. So uh, under three, I feel pretty good about minus one thirty um, was what what I got it at. I just felt like I like you're looking at that schedule and it's hard to pick out two wins, let alone three. Um, I I think, I, an I think an O12 campaign is on the table there for CU.
1: I like that opening game this is going to be so bad, but it, like you're a sicko staying up late to watch a 10 p.m. game between a TCU game on a Friday night where Sonny Dyke is <laughs> you know already calling. He's saying he's going to play all three yeah,
0: quarterbacks. Yeah, like, they're already why? treating it like an exhibition, right? <laughs> that's well, some you, say, you say the sicko committee, but that's what will be on at the Luckett House. We'll be <laughs> hunkered down in the basement.
1: Uh, Lucky, well, before Watch we get it. to our next pick, I've got a big picture question for you on these win totals, all right? So, I think the three teams that are head and shoulders above the rest of the college football field in this – this year going into it. They've all got the number 10 and a half. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. You're getting a lot of juice with them. If you got to take one of them and you know you you feel like you're going to hit this over no matter what. They aren't losing more than
0: one game. Who who's it going to be? Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio State? Ohio State, because I know if they have a QB injury, it won't matter because they got another fight. I mean, the kid they got behind CJ Stroud's pretty good. Um, whereas Georgia and Alabama do not have that as much. And I just think the Big Ten's uh, not easier good. to draw. Um, yeah. Georgia is probably the one, because if you look at their schedule, it's probably the lightest of the three. Yeah. But we're going to get into this with Georgia. There's a lot of similarities between 2010, 2010 Alabama, the year after the first title, and this 2022 Georgia team. Greg McElroy, sets a minute. Mm-hmm. Pundit said they were they weren't good enough to win it. They won a title. Um number one, top of the line defense who carried the, the team through most of the season. There's just there is a lot there. The recruiting, obviously. Um right. having to bust through like Alabama had to beat Florida. Like they had to come mm-hmm. back after Florida beat them. Now Georgia finally now they finally busted through. They go and they lose three games. Now what happens to Georgia with this is the first time they've ever dealt with that. Over there, um, So I think that's – if I was a betting under, they, were, they would be my under on, on that 10-and-a-half for, for sure. And then Alabama, Ohio State, I feel pretty safe about both of them going 12-0, 11-1. But Ohio State I think is the safest bet just because um, I know at quarterback they're going to be in great shape. I'm trying to think of that backup quarterback. De- Devin yeah. something? Not him. It's um, Kyle McCord. Yeah, there we go. Who's was Kyle a five-star. Who, who was on my uh, potential Kentucky transfer portal. Yeah. Watch list, but he with Quinn Ewers leaving, that, that job's going to be his. Um, well, his unless the kid coming in behind them. Well, yeah, and I mean they got the number one kid coming in twenty twenty four Rayola. I mean, I'd say they just the, the QB recruiting for them in Alabama is just, I mean, it's stupid.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that good. that
0: would be that would be my pick. I would say over Ohio State, I feel the safest. Okay,
1: okay, good to know. All right, I'm gonna get back to some of my picks, and this is my favorite thing to do. It is. Which team overperformed last year and is going to come back down to earth in year two? Last year, my pick was Indiana, and it was the easiest pick in the history of picks. I think they went four and eleven and their win total was like six or something. I mean, it, it wasn't, Yeah, I think it was
0: seven, is, seven and a half. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even close. And I, I even kind of like I, I might take Indiana under four wins this year. Like they're they're going down to the tank. There's a couple teams I feel that coming uh to this year. Uh, one of which is opening the season in the backyard brawl. That's Pittsburgh. Uh, they, the quarterback is named my quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> Kenny Pickett. As um, is, is much as Narduzzi was a defensive guy, like th- that's not how they won games last year. They won it by scoring a lot of points with Kenny Pickett and the best wide receiver in college football. Well, right. both of them are gone. Jordan Addison's now at USC. Uh, and if, I, I'm not one of those like, that believes in the ACC being this super conference that's got five top 25 teams. They're garbage. They're, they, they don't play real football in there. It's patty cake. When they play real grown men in the SEC, they get punched in the mouth and they fold like a chair every single time. But with that being said, they're still in that lead. They're going to lose some ball games. They're going to lose some one-score games. Uh, if this was if, if we had done this podcast two weeks earlier, I would have probably had Wake Forest in this position. Yeah, they were in mine until the the number changed with the Hartman the Sam Hartman news. But these these overinflated teams like West Virginia, Neil Brown, he's really been working towards this year. If you get a good J T Daniels cooking up between that, I know you get Tennessee at home, but you lost that game on the road last year. Like, there's just there's a lot of loss opportunities on this schedule. That game at Louisville, as much as we like to disown Louisville, like that's a huge huge game. No, at Louisville, 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 at North Carolina is a tough little back-to-back stretch there. Yeah, and even if it is coming off a, a bye week. So, I'm I'm just in total, fade pit, get them out of here. If, if they get to eight, like I, I could see them going eight and four, but a
0: nine-win pit team, again, eh, not good you, you can have your answer on Friday, that Thursday night. If West Virginia wins that game, it's not going over. Like, they, it could be done well, at that point. Find out early. I mean, they they, could very well be 2-2 and in the non-con then, Tennessee, West Virginia. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, like, if you – not to – I'm going to – two things I really look at, Nick, when I do this is schedule and really, like, recruiting. Like, how good is your roster? You know, if I'm going to put my money behind a team, I want a team with a good roster um, and a schedule with a bunch of winnable opportunities – With Pittsburgh, like, the recruiting just – it's just not that – it's just not that good. I mean, they do a great job developing and turning players into good players. But, like, they caught lightning in a bottle with Pickett last year. Um, And so, you turn around this year, Narduzzi's already made some dumb comments about wanting to run the ball more when they couldn't run the ball at all last year. Two tricky games, but West Virginia Tennessee to start. I think that under – you could see it, and let's not act like Keaton Slovis has just been the most durable quarterback ever. Um, he's gotten right, injured right. every year he's played. So what happens if he has to miss a couple games? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Pitt's threatening there in the coastal this year, so I, I think that's a safe bet. And if you get even a three and one record non-con, um, then you you just need to get to the eight and four number, so that they can still go five and three in conference and still hit the under. I mean that that's you. You would take that today. So I, I, I like that play.
1: So many scenarios. Uh, so give me Pitt under eight and a half
0: wins. Luckett, who you
1: got up next?
0: Yeah, I'm going to stick in the ACC here. I'm also sticking in the Coastal. A team I think just getting slept on big time. And they were they had a bad year last year. But they made some changes. North Carolina over seven and a half at plus, plus 115. Ooh. North Carolina is the most talented team in that division, in my opinion. Uh, three consecutive top 15 recruiting classes. Drake May was announced as a starter today. He was a top 50 recruit. They flipped him from Alabama. I just think they – like. I think it's a perfect bounce back spot for this team. They were really disappointing last year. People are fading them because they lost an NFL quarterback. Uh, but I, I just don't think people realize how talented this roster is. I think change coordinators – Gene Chizik is not the greatest – um, but I don't think they could get any worse on defense. I think they could take a pretty big jump on defense just because of the talent alone. Um, I think Mac Brown's probably a little motivated now to prove that this is not going to go the wrong way. Um, and just with a team with this talented in a division that's not very talented, uh, the ACC Coastal, like, I just like I mean, all you got to do is get to 84. Now, what's weird here is this stretch, at App State, at Georgia State. But if they win those two, I mean, I, you're golden here. Um, Virginia Tech should be a pretty comfortable win at home. You get Notre Dame off the bye at home um, at Miami stuff, but at Duke, that's, that's a pretty good win. You get Pitt yeah. off the bye. Then they play week zero. I love the teams that get that double bye. I think that helps a lot. Um, mm-hmm. at Virginia at Wake Forest, I don't, you know, you don't feel crazy about, or too terrible about. And even the NC State, and I know people love NC State. North Carolina had them beat last year until that crazy comeback at the end. And they have, they just have a better roster, Nick. Well, and everybody on here except Notre Dame. I mean, they're they going to have a better roster when they walk into a game 11 times. So I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take that, especially with a team who's got this bounce back aspect that they're going to have to them. So give me North Carolina. I think they're probably going to, I think they have a great shot to win the coast. I don't think they'll win it, but I can easily see this team get to nine and three.
1: Nobody ever knocked Mac Brown for his recruiting ability. Maybe his yeah. on field decision making, but the dude can recruit. He's been doing it ever since he got to North Carolina. Uh, I like that pick like it i like that pick uh i am going to stick on my fade train uh because i'm a hater i love to hate haters gonna hate potato potatoes gonna potate, and i'm hating on michigan state and mel tucker i just i can't i can't do the he's trained some of this is some of this personal sure he's getting in fights with vince merrill over recruits you're having to deal with them a lot um But I do think that last year was sort of an anomaly. I don't have stats in front of my face. They won a ton of one-score games. And they had the most explosive running back in college football, Kenneth Walker. And I'm really putting the emphasis on the word explosive because, as you pointed out last year, Walker, they did not have an efficient running game. It was all big play predicated. And a lot of that big play
0: of The the pass game was a lot of the same. They were just a home run hitter on offense. And um, they got off to that fast start. I can't trust that. I can't. I, that's like
1: that, that, the lack of consistency. Uh, I, I don't like. Um, and, and I also am, I kind of think that their division this year is going to be awesome. Um, you know, I mean, Michigan had their best year last year, but I don't think they're taking a huge, significant step back. Uh, they have to go to Washington. In the non-conference Yeah, that's schedule? a little
0: – that's a tricky little game, start off week three.
1: Right, right. Like, that that's just a weird spot. And I told you about me, like, in Maryland earlier, that that feels like a place where, you know, you could see – Well,
0: that's a sandwich game, too, because, you know, you get a big home game to start early in the season. Um, And then you got Ohio State and Wisconsin right after that at home. But you, you got that sneaky trip to College Park, right? I Whoa. mean, that is going to be uh, – I mean – That is going to be a popular play or, like, you know, for the guys that like to find those little matchups like that, that Maryland's going to have, a lot, I think, a lot of support uh, from well, some people for that week.
1: And they also get Wisconsin in the crossover. Like, that's going to be a big physical game. And I know people aren't talking about Burt uh, a yeah. ton at Illinois, but our guys Stanford, Stephen, the Bear, all love Illinois
0: over their win total. You That three-game stretch game right there, November 5th, November 12th, November 19th. Like, those are three games they should win. So you really need like the losses to come early, uh, yeah. Here for them because if they have four wins by then, they're probably going to get you know. But then it's going to be close. Um, yeah. But if you can keep, keep them to three to or under five, really, you're you're in great shape. But like that, that is the stretch right there. You're going to know here in the first seven eight weeks. Would really
1: to. would really like Washington to to be good this year, but um, I'm I'm fading Michigan State after their seemingly dream season uh, in 2021 and look at who you got up next.
0: We're going to the big 12 here. Um, Texas tech the numbers five and a half. We're going under minus 120. Here's the thing with Texas tech. Like the last two years, they just loaded up on transfer portal guys. The high school recruiting hasn't been great. It's a totally brand new staff. Like Joey McGuire was a high school coach. He was like tight ends coach at Baylor. He's coming in. He's got people real excited. Like they're recruiting really well. He hired Zach Kitley. He was the offensive coordinator for WKU. Um, but Kitley, this is going to be his first year calling plays without Bailey Zappi. And we you know Zappi's looking like he might be QB two in New England. Like he was just awesome for them last year. Um, so it's totally new. You're not going to have you're going to have one of the worst rosters, I think, in the Big 12. And you look at their schedule, Nick, non-conference. They host Houston in week two, I believe. Then they go to NC State. They could very well be one and two in the non-conference. And then, like, they could get to four and five in league play and you're still going under. Um, and so I like that. And a tricky thing here, Nick, I think Texas and Oklahoma are the best two teams in the Big 12. They get both of them at home. Um, so they got a lot of toss-up games on the road. Uh, and that's usually you want your toss-up games at home. Um, so I think I'm just really fading a new staff. Um, that's coming mm-hmm. into the league and a roster that's kind of going through a rocky transition. Um, I think anytime you're in a situation like this, a fast start is so important um, just to get some confidence. Like it's just going to be hard for them to get off to a fast start with the schedule. Yeah. Um, they So they've got a, they have no idea really what to do at quarterback. They've got a bunch of dudes. They, you know, the, the three quarterback rule, you know, if you have three quarterbacks, you have three quarterbacks. You don't have a, <laughs> a quarterback. Um, so this is a little off the board here, but Texas Tech is when I'm fading, really because the non-conference schedule is tricky. And then in league, uh, league with nine games, you get the two best teams at home. So if you lose those two at home, then you're going to need a bunch of row wins to get over the number. Um, and so I'm going to fade against that and take the under five and a half. Look it, I, um, our, our,
1: our pal Jack weighed in on the chat earlier. He said, ma'am, Am I crazy to like Vandy over three wins? I said <laughs> not only are you not crazy, <laughs> we're going there. We're going all the way there. I mean I Vandy at over two and a half plus one hundred on DraftKings. I'm yeah. making that wager as soon as I get into Indiana tomorrow. Because like it, you talk about the game, like the, the teams where you can know right away. We could be learning this Saturday in week zero. Yeah, when they are yeah. six
0: and a half point favorite, it's a must. It, it, no coach will call win. it a must win, but for the, the the gamblers over two and a half, it's a must win at Hawaii Week One after dark, or Week Zero after dark. Excuse me. So the th- the thing here is here with Vandy is like, tell me the wins, Nick. I did, that's what I want to hear. What are the what are the three they get? They're uh, getting.
1: They're, so you get Hawaii and you get Elon, right? Mm-hmm. The t- I I can see them. Somehow, no, can I see them pulling an upset? I, I don't know. But they can go to Northern Illinois, and they can win that game. And who knows? If they're on a roll, uh, Wake Forest might be without Sam Hartman. They could win there. And I, I think Missouri is going to flat out stink. That's another possibility. There's a few more possibilities where I think you can easily get to two yeah, and then have three games at left schedule. So I just need a 1-3 shot, right? Win at Missouri, no, 1-4. You can beat South Carolina at home. One in four shot to win one of those games, and you, one of those is going, is maxing. You know, I can see this happening, especially because last year, they didn't know what to do with their quarterbacks, and Ken Seals was not the guy. He's just not good enough. They needed to have a guy. They picked Mike Wright. He can run around. If he stays healthy, he can do enough to just go out there and win a game, making some dumb plays. We saw him get, what, two kind of garbage garbagey touchdowns against Kentucky, yeah. who – I mean, like, I, so I, there's, there's enough there. There's you enough there for me to
0: stuff um, this was on my short list. I didn't end up putting it on there. Like you feel good about them getting two wins and the numbers two and a half. Um, and they got the double by. So really mm-hmm. there's, there's three, there's three games here. I'm looking after that. It's Northern Illinois and then it's Ole Miss at home after the buy. Um, uh, Ole Miss is – we don't really know. (laughs) Ole Miss could be awesome. Ole Miss could be a total mess. We don't know what they're going to look like. Um, At Missouri – at Missouri after at Georgia and Ole Miss is tough. It's going to be tough for them. Um, But they get a bye and they get South Carolina at home. And, you know, Shane Beamer will probably be on 38 interviews that week. He might not be able to coach his team in practice. (laughs) And so – and they played South Carolina really close last year. They damn well should have won the game. Uh, I mean, Ben Nolan had to come in and had a crazy – Drive like the best moment in his career. Um, so yeah, those would be the like. I, if I had to bet, like the real bet would be if you could get odds on an SEC win. Um, you're probably going to get a little some decent yeah. plus value and then bet yeah. an SEC win. I like they're they're due for sure. And so that, that, there's going to be opportunities there for them, but you got to beat a Y, Man. beat a Y, you should feel pretty good about getting in this point. This is this is it. An also, another one of the bets I'll get. It may be over
1: with Saturday. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> they, yeah.
1: Could, they could go out there and lay it done. I haven't done my Hawaii advanced scouting, but they could be dead on a rock. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> one. Know?
0: That's one. If you wanted to fade yourself, you could just play um, the Hawaii. Play thing. Hawaii plus, plus, plus the points, you know, even points, if it, yeah. you could, because then you could get a double win. Vandy could win yeah. and Hawaii could cover.
1: Man. If that happens like it, I'm betting every game in week one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Wilkins, who you
0: got your fourth pick? Yeah, I'm going this team I've talked about. I, I, I think they're going to be chance to be really good, like top 15 good. Mississippi State, over six and a half, minus 125. Yeah. I just think there's a lot to like with this team. Um, I'm a big Zach Arnett fan, their defense coordinator. Um, I think they've got legit star power on defense. Um, Emmanuel Forbes might be one of the best cornerbacks in the country. Will Rogers, year three. Um, most like, they don't have all the weapons back, but there's enough. Some people are worried about left tackle. They lost Charles Cross, but the ball's getting out fast in that system. Yeah, uh, they're going to be fine there. You look at their schedule, non-conference. Nick, I think they could go four and and0 They have to go to Arizona, but Arizona's pretty bad. And then they get Memphis at home, but that Memphis is a team they could they could, should be able to handle. And then they have the SC, FCS game and one other, I think, Group of Five team. Um, so that's four and and0 Right there, I, I, I'm projecting. Bowling Green, Bowling Green's game they should handle. Yeah. Um, so then you need three SEC wins to go over. Well, and that's where it gets tough because. Yeah, but they got Georgia? look at the. I think look at these teams they got at home outside of Georgia, A and M, Arkansas, and let's see what would the uh, and uh, is it old? Miss Auburn
1: Auburn Auburn
0: A and M Georgia Auburn like they can win all three of those, let alone a couple. And then can still went on the road. Um, I think it's a dangerous game for Kentucky, a Mississippi State game. Um, yeah. If you get, yeah, Kentucky to gets be... off the hot start, that South Carolina game on October 8th, that place is going to be on fire. You know, especially with all these Beamer, Stoogs back and forth, people are going to be chopping at culture. the bit. It's the first big home game of the year because the schedule's yeah. backloaded. Kentucky's home schedule is right. backloaded. And it's the week before the bye for Kentucky. So, like, everybody's just going to, like, like turn up and get loose in that, for, that, for that South Carolina game. Then you're going to have to, like, recharge your batteries and pack up and do it against a good Mississippi State team. That is the one I think is a worry for Kentucky. So, that's when I could see them picking off. I think they could beat Ole Miss at the end of the season. Um, so, I, I just really like – I think this team could make a run at 8-4, 9-3. I really do if it, if it comes together. And no, if you're telling and I, me over six and a half, I feel pretty confident they're going will get the seven and five at least.
1: Yeah, and I'm actually I'm I'm with you on my concerns too because of we saw Liam Cohen. He didn't know what the hell to do with that 3 3 5 last year that our net runs. We got yeah. another NFL guy who's never seen a defense like that before.
0: So and they, and they get LSU early, which I think is good for them.
1: Yeah. While no, LSU's still right.
0: figuring stuff out. Um like LSU's gonna have that huge game against Florida State. Um, and then here comes sneaky Mississippi State, and they well, they just won there two years ago.
1: And we know Leach too; he's boomer bust, right? Like, there's, it's they're going to beat
0: somebody they they you weren't expecting them to beat, and they're going to lo- they're going to get upset by someone. So, um, so it's that, just where does that fall? Hopefully, it doesn't fall in the non conference. Hopefully, they handle their business. Because if they did, then that's when you could get in trouble with it.
1: But, number but seven doesn't feel like you're asking for a lot either. You know, yeah, like it's absolutely. not you're not you're not picking them to be an eight or nine win team. Like picking them to win seven games. Really should be par for the course. You're
0: asking him to win three or four conference games, really. Go three yeah. and five or four and four, and this is an overcast.
1: With a three-year starter quarterback in the league system, like, you know, we, we saw what he looks like when he gets in his own. Uh, they, they should be able to handle that just fine. I'm probably going to play that as well. Like, similar to you with Vandy. It's just like, eh, I'm not going to pick the same thing as Luckett. So we got to talk about different things. Except we got our play of the year, Luckett. Take it to the bank. This is the 11 personnel fade Mike Sanford to Bolivia. Let's giddy up Tanner Morgan. Minnesota is going over, over, over. Take it to the bank. I might even put a little something on Minnesota to win the Big Ten West. Like it. Over seven and a half wins. Uh, they got Mike Sanford out of there as offensive coordinator. They're bringing Kirk Scirocco back. Tanner Morgan's back for year 17, the Ryle product. <laughs> and... I don't know about you, like it, but Mo Ibrahim he was He'd be quite first team All American, right? Yeah, he's awesome. If he is eighty percent of what he was before that injury last year, this is going to be a good football team, folks.
0: Yeah. My two favorite division bets were North Carolina and the Coastal, and then Minnesota, Big Tim West. Like I really think they could win this, and we've seen a rotating door here
1: mm-hmm. in the
0: division. Non-conference again, Nick. Like that's three and zero. They're going to be twenty-point favorite, twenty-point plus favorites in all those games. Yep. You know, we talked about Michigan. We talked about that Michigan State game. You go and win an East Lansing, handle Purdue at home, who they've owned.
1: See, uh, recently. That's that's the game too. That Jeff he can't. Some he can't get that monkey off his back. So I'm I'm counting that as a W for Minnesota. You
0: you win that one, like six and zero is on the table going into Penn State. Five and one seems pretty likely. Yeah. Um yeah, Rutgers, Rutgers should be, will be a win at home. Should be a win at home. Yeah. At Nebraska is not crazy. Northwestern should be a win at home. There's just a lot of wins there, I think. I right, they now Purdue has owned um uh, Minnesota, but Iowa's own Minnesota's own Purdue, but Iowa's own Minnesota. So that's like the big one there for them. And then this Wisconsin series with them has gone back and forth here the last few years. But I just think there's a lot to like here. The non conference, they're going to be three and oh. So then it's getting to eight wins after that going five and four in league play. And I think there's enough there um, where you can proceed. I'm getting to that number eight and four. And then I think if it comes together a 10 and two type season as possible. And then they're, then they're going to Indianapolis to playing Ohio state for the big 10 title. Uh, and I know it was
1: different because they had the receiver who he spelled his name weird. And now he plays with the Ravens. Rashad James. Bateman. Yeah. They, they had, they had Bateman him and Mallard Johnson. Yeah. We, yeah. They had awesome receivers that year with Kirk, Kirk Scirocco, Um, but getting him back because like here's the thing PJ Fleck, he's a rah rah guy, all right. He needs a good play caller in there. Mike Sanford was going to be a disaster. There's really no way around it. So I, I think teaming these guys back up, recipe for success. I like the schedule. Um, mm-hmm. and you know what? Betting with Big Tim West is kind of fun because it is a yeah. it is a kind of kooky division. I I almost wanted to play Iowa, but that number's tough like it. It's like seven
0: and a half. Yeah, but- it's tricky, especially with uh the offensive operation um, there in yeah. Iowa City. And the thing, with the thing with Minnesota here is they have questions on the line of scrimmage because they're reloading there. But you have the perfect start for that. You know, you get three games right here. You're going to be heavy favorites. You can figure stuff out. Yeah. Um, and I I think Flex is a good coach. They're going to figure it out. They're going to win close games and they're going to they're going to get that over here. And then the just what they return on the offensive firepower, they get that and they get their top receiver back as well. Ibrahim, Morgan, and the receivers' names escaped me are all super seniors. Um, and yeah. their center, John Michael Schmitz, might be the best center in the country. Like, there's just a lot to like um, with Abraham. this team. And it feels like they've been knocking on the door. It feels like, like this is the window for them, it feels
1: like. Ibrahim, mm-hmm. uh, teammates with Pasco, right? Yeah, forget.
0: Yep. good. Yep, a good counsel.
1: Yeah, um, that was a good football so team. So, uh, were, were there any off the board, Nick, that you had in mind? Oh. Were there any off the board? <laughs> Were there any off the board? Um, I'm kind of tempted to be- to fade Brent Venables at under nine and a half. Yeah, um, but I need to do some more Big Twelve research, just because uh, you know I I, I I but I think that league is wide open this year. So betting them to win eight or nine games, I don't feel like is a reach. Um, what Oklahoma
0: does all the time, though. I mean, it's you could put anybody over there to coach them. It seems like they'll win 10 games, you know, and, play first, yeah, and that,
1: that, that's my biggest reservation is just like, well, they, Dylan Gabriel knows what he's doing. Like worst case scenario, they've recruited mm-hmm. their hair on fire. Like they'll be fine. But yeah. I, I'm tempted to fade all their de- portal departures and, and, and adding a new coach. Uh, the other one that I'm um, I kicked around, I did mention earlier, it was Indiana uh, under four wins just because screw up, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Yeah, get out of here, Hoosiers. Um, For me, I'm going to publish 10. I'll have a – like I do every year, so all of you all can jump on this with me. Well, One that was like – there was two that were really close to me getting in here. Um, Arizona State, I didn't end up being in my top five because it went from six and a half to six. Um, But I do like the under there. And it's just a total fade of Herm Edwards. uh, The roster is a mess. Mm. Um, Yeah. Under six minus 125. The issue there is – there still is some talent, like Emory Jones. I think could be pretty good in that conference as yeah. a starting quarterback. I could see them getting to six wins. Um, I, I didn't see seven, but I could see them putting a couple wins together. So that uh, so they didn't make my top five, but it's still going to be a play for me. Um, Virginia Tech's another one, Nick, under six and a half. Now it's minus one forty-five, so you got to lay a lot. This team has a weird schedule. They are at Old Dominion to start the season. They are at Liberty, second to last week of the season. Huh. And then they have another weird row game, I believe, thrown in there, plus their ACC slate. And new head coach, defensive head coach. Sometimes these defensive head coaches get off the slow starts just because it's so much different being a head coach. Um, and a the, the big reason why I want to play them here is because Brent Pry is going to try to call defensive plays as a head coach. Yeah. I just by think hour. that's a it's no brainer. Only only person been able to do that is Gary Patterson. I um, mean, by all counts he's a freak. So, in a good way, in a good way, just like a mad scientist type level. But right, right, that's just a lot to ask of you. And then you look at their offensive coordinator as a guy who was on the Jaguars last year. He's like thirty three years old. He's pretty young. There's just a lot there, and if you look at their recruiting rankings, three consecutive sub 50 recruiting classes there. I mean, talent—they they have a talent issue there in Blacksburg. I just—it feels like a team that's there. That feels like a four and eight team, first year, just trying to figure stuff out. They're starting Grant Wells, transfer from Marshall, who was just like he was okay. just a solid CUSA quarterback. So that that one I feel pretty good about. It's under six and a half. Like they could win six, and you're still. You're still good there. But under six and a half, I feel like um, Boston College, I think they get it home week two, and that's the game. Boston College wins that. Um, that, that under's cash in pretty easy.
1: I would also say, hey, uh, Arkansas' schedule's crazy. Might want to look at that under.
0: Yeah. It's, AM's it's- another one of mine. I, I just like AM. I know Jimbo's a hot topic, uh, but I think their secondary is really good. Their defensive line is just going to figure it out with all that talent. Devin A. Chain, I think, might be the most explosive running back. Like, if you told me to pick someone off the wall a little bit for SEC Player of the Year, it would be him. I could see him behind a really good O line, like going for 1,600 yards on the ground or something Mm -hmm. um, in Jimbo's scheme. And they just got – you know, the talent is just obvious. So, it's eight and a half for them. They get South Carolina and Florida out of the east. That's two games they should win. Right. Um, they get Miami at home, but they should be four and zero in the non-con. So that's six wins right there. Then you just need three wins against the West, and they're better than everybody. I think. I think they have a better roster than everybody against Alabama. So I, I as long as quarterback is just not terrible, you know, as long as they get some good play out of football, like they, they should make too. a run at ten and two. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, either or. I mean, they they've got talented recruits over there. Like they should be. He should be able to find somebody that they can play right. more than competent football with on offense.
1: Well, let's
0: wrap this up by
1: talking about Kentucky's number. That's eight. It's the highest it's been in recorded history, at least according to one sports blogger. But it's as high as we've ever seen it. Look, like it eight is I the, think it's the perfect
0: number. Personally. Yeah,
1: and, and and the thing is, is the reason why I'm probably still going to play the over is because you get the push. Um, but if Will Levis is healthy, eight feels like the four because. Even though I'm, I I will concede that Louisville's a little bit better. You're still getting them at home. You can stack up a bunch of wins early on in the season. Um, You know, like like what? So I I guess how do how do you even get bull? How do you even get to under eight with this team? Right? Like, what's the scenario? What are the losses that have to happen on this schedule to even reach there? Because that, that
0: means Spencer Rattler hits right. You lose one of the South Carolina Mississippi State games at home. Yep, you lose to Georgia, and then you you go one and three against the SEC road like Whether it's Florida, Ole Miss, mm-hmm. Tennessee, Missouri, you go one and three there, and you lose. You know Georgia, you lose, and that's including a win against Louisville. That's how that's what happens, and, and that that's a lot. Like, and I.
1: I just can't see that in my head because I, I think a lot of things have to go wrong to get to a seven and five season. And I think it is with the quarterback. Yeah. I think
0: high. nine and three is more likely than seven and five. Like I would be pushed yeah. to over if you asked me to play it like eight and four, I've gone back and forth between eight and four nine and nine three is a record. Um, just because I think there's just, there's just some holes there in it's new coordinators. Just a lot of change, a lot of moving parts. Um, but I think nine and three is a, fair and reasonable expectation. Um, and if Levis really, I mean, the closer we get to the season, the more I'm just like, it's just, he's got to be, if he's a star, mm-hmm. they're going to be awesome. <laughs> like They are going to yeah. be awesome. But exactly. if he's if if he's not, if he's not, they're just going to, it's just going to be uh, like, cause, like I think they're going to be really good off. It's just what you do in close games. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And I think overall, the more I look at this, Nick, like between Tennessee, Florida, and Ole Miss, gotta go like, to get to the Georgia game with Stakes, you need to go two and one there. Win two out of three. Like I don't think Florida's a must win, but it eliminates room for error. If it's not. Mm-hmm. And then then it depends on if Georgia loses a game, because if Georgia loses a the game, then you can you then you have some wiggle room. Then you can lose two conference games and still get there and you can have the tiebreaker over there potentially. But if not, that means you got to beat South Carolina, Mississippi State. You got to take care of home field, and you can't go to Sleepy for old Field there the week after the Tennessee game and lay an egg. Like that would—that's—that's mm-hmm. that's the blueprint right there. But if you can win, like if you can beat Florida week two, it really sets you off. Great, um, great start. Then you get Rodriguez back, and you're going to go to Ole Miss feeling good about yourself. Yeah. And it's their yeah. first real challenge playing you, and you've already been challenged, and you got. Um, and you got an extra weapon back that you didn't have in your first big game.
1: Yeah, there's there's one stat that I want everybody to keep in mind when they're making their season predictions. No Kentucky coach has ever won at Tennessee and at Gainesville in the same season. And, like, really lucky a lot of this year is going to come down to how well do they do in those games and how well does Will Levis play. I appreciate all of you all for listening to us all, all season long. <laughs> And getting in the nitty gritty of things, but this is now. Now it's not that fun. How
0: good do you do against your rivals? Like it's 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 not that hard. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of it. uh, I saw someone tweet the other day, and it's like it was an NFL person, but it was it was pretty simple. Um, It's like we all we overcomplicated. It's a lot of times is how good is your quarterback? Can your guys get open, and can your guys cover their guys? I mean, that is really kind of what the game comes down to a lot of times. You know, it's how it's those three. If you could check two, two of those three boxes, you're going to have a pretty good chance to win. If you can't, good. You kind of, it's the thing's stacked against you. But I think that's a lot of, I do think like the confidence we're seeing from Mark Stoops, I think it's a yeah. lot tied into this quarterback. Um, and they got, mm-hmm. they've got some real talent, I think, young talent on offense. And I think he feels pretty good about his defense. So if, it, if, um, if Rich Scangarello is an ace up the sleeve, um, and you got a you know an NFL quarterback in your two in a similar system, I think that's where this thing could really take off. Uh, but, but we're, gonna, we're just going to have to wait and see.
1: Uh-huh. We don't have to wait much longer, though, Luckett. We do not have to wait much longer. We appreciate you all hanging out with us live on YouTube. Uh, as always, subscribe to KSR Digital. Uh, please hit that button. We appreciate it. Appreciate you chatting along with cool. us.
0: More gambling content coming later this week. Yep, um, pick three. Pick, we're back. We, we dabbled last year, uh, but we're invested this year. So, oh, man, end of yeah. every into every week we're going to have our, I think, our three best. I guess, I guess we're sticking with the same format. Three, yeah, our three, three best locks. So yeah. make sure you check out. I believe we don't. Thursday. We haven't hammered out the details. All right, Thursday. There you go. Yeah. Thursday. So. Cool youtube page smash that subscribe button this is yep. getting all the all the video content like you don't need espn you don't need fs1 nope you know you don't need a peacock until big 10 goes over this is all you need ksr youtube channel and then you can just you, go to the ks bar to watch the games and there you go like you don't need to, you don't need much else that's all you need pull the cord all the
1: way um <laughs> <laughs> We appreciate Racing Louisville for sponsoring this. Appreciate y'all following along. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger.